Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 242, Beyond ADHD with Sam Ladd. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. If you have ADHD or if there's anything about your body mind that works in a way that has led you to feel broken or different or alone, I think you're going to hear so much in this conversation. So Sam is a coach who has dealt with ADHD his entire life. Um, and he coaches people in this situation. And what I really love about Sam and the way he talks about this in this conversation is that he he deeply gets and respects the health and the perfection in everything. So not just the health behind ADHD or beyond it or around it, but truly the health in it, our ability to feel at peace and to feel free in anything that's arising as it is, not once we get it under control, not once we cope with it, not once we manage it, but right now as it is. And I just think the way that he talks about this um, in this conversation and also in his upcoming book, which is called Beyond ADHD, such a good book. And for people, again, who have felt different or broken or struggled with any kind of neurodiversity or or anything really in life that has led us to feel different, you're going to see so much in this and find so much comfort in it. And what I what I most love is how, again, it's not about a managing or a coping or a, you know, let's get this under control or let's let's even try in a new perspective or see it in a different way. All of that might be there to some extent, but it's really about like, hey, these are my quirks and they're kind of quirky and they're kind of cute and I don't have to hate them. And when I do hate my quirks, when my quirks are incredibly inconvenient and they are a total mismatch for the environment I'm in, which happens for all of us, right? In different ways, more so for people with ADHD in certain environments, no question. But when my quirks are coming up and they're driving me nuts and I just want life to be easy and I just want to work like everyone else, I'm okay in that too. I know that these quirks are not the whole of who I am. They don't have anything to do with who I am. They're they're just how the body mind happens to work. And Sam really lives that. He really speaks it. I know it's been a long journey for him to see it this way and it's amazing that he does. And again, for anyone um, with anything that has led them to feel different or alone, please share this conversation with them. Share Sam's book when it comes out um, because it's just, it's to say it's hopeful is really not really doing it justice. I mean, it's really transformational in how we can come to feel at home in life and, and grateful for exactly how we're showing up. So you can check out Sam. I'll share all of his information um, in the show notes. He has a website, a really great podcast, which I've been honored to be a guest on. And his Instagram's incredible. He's very active there. So I'll share all of his links here in the show, no- show notes. Um, in the meantime, enjoy this conversation with Sam. Hey, Sam. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Hey, Amy. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan and uh, I've been listening to you for years. And, um, I mean, yeah, it's just wonderful podcast and the work you're doing with the little school. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And I loved, I I was a guest on your podcast recently. I'll link to that when we share this one. And, and I loved yours too. I love what you're doing and what you're doing on Instagram and just, I think the way that, and we'll, we'll get into this, but I think just the way that you, um, are breaking down your experience in such a normal human way and helping people see they're not alone. And, and it's just awesome. So, um, yeah. So I learned from the best, I mean, you know, (laughs) speaking from your experience and just literally sharing what comes up and then being, hopefully it's, it's a catalyst for, for, 
for people watching it and also for clients. So, yeah. 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 And I think that so much of, I mean, that's really all we're doing. And I yeah. feel like we're all getting better at that. And not, not even better, but like, um, it's just getting easier and easier. I can feel that it is for you too. It is for me too. Of like, hey, here's what I got. <laughs> hey, right. what happened? <laughs> hey, here's what I used to do. Or here's my cards. Or, yeah, exactly. Yep. And that's want to play game, right? Yeah, exactly. That's awesome that we can do that. Yeah. So, so for people who aren't as familiar with you, say a little bit about your experience. I know you. Um, you do a lot of coaching with people around ADHD and, uh, and anxiety and just different ways that a busy mind shows up, I guess. Um, yeah. So I, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I always say like, I'm a catalyst. I think Michael Neal said that he calls himself like a catalyst change agent, but I basically I'm, I'm redirecting people back to what they already know. You know, it's, it's like, um, I'm the fog lights when we're caught up in the thought fog, right? Like, no. That's not true, but this is. And over here is who you are. That's your essential nature. And and for a lot of people, a lot of people with minds that work differently. I mean, everyone's mind works differently, but you know, minds are like as different as the billions of stars in the sky. I mean, it's it doesn't really mean much. But for particular neurotypes that have a very sensitive mind, works really fast. That they weren't. You know, I, I kind of try to help people learn how to use their mind to work for them. Um, it's kind of like when you learn how to light a grill, you know, when you the pro the uh, you know not the pro it's the propane, right? You want to do it. You know, you don't want to blow up. You know, blow up the the, the grill. Um, and and sometimes we inadvertently think that our our, our thought turbulence and the blowing up going on in our head, you know, the catastrophizing and the overthinking, intrusive thoughts, all that stuff, is is an indication of our how broken we are, or how um, how we're unable to to cope in the world. But you know, you just you light then you light the pilot light again. If it doesn't work, or just keep trying, keep trying to light that grill. So. So you had a lot of that and felt broken for a long time. Yeah. And how did that, I mean, it's such a huge question. I want to say like, how did that shift? But like, what are some of the things you've seen along the way that kind of helps you just see, oh, this is just how it runs? For me, especially growing up, you know, t- putting on that white lab coat, but also and seeing like watching my mind do its own neural gymnastics, mm-hmm. but also understanding like that I don't have to be scared of feeling overwhelmed. Like that was big, big, big thing for me. I was scared of my mind. I was scared of, of my brain because <laughs> I, I was growing up, you know, I would, if I would speak at a turn, if I was too loud, if I was too talkative, if I was mind wandering, daydreaming in the classroom, you know, if I was moving around, like I like to move around a lot, um, I was punished for it innocently, innocently. So that was my habituation. That was my conditioning. Um, growing up that Sam is a problem. (laughs) Sam, Sam is a nice kid. You know, he's a, he's, you know, he, he looks like the boy next door, but he's got a mouth that gets him in trouble. But he, he's very sensitive. Um, I remember when I was a kid, because my mind's so sensitive, me and my best friend, Dan Barish, um, we were at summer camp. And they remember when they changed the taste of Coke? I mean, I'm dating myself. I think I was like 11, 1985. They turned it into new Coke. I was here. I was so, so upset. Like, you know, that's like how sensitive my mind is even back then. Like I was just completely like in tears um, that they changed the taste of Coca-Cola. <laughs> but I stopped being scared of when they changed the taste of Coke. You know, like th- that's the example. Like I'm, I allowed myself to have the full emotional experience, um, not being scared of it so much anymore because I'm with an ADHD mind. Once I learned how to use my mind and I still make lots of mistakes and stumble over myself, um, I, I stopped being scared of stumbling over myself as much. I had my moments and I also 
saw the, the just the divinity and the beauty and the wisdom in that experience as cliched as that might sound because there is there is wisdom on you know there is that pot of gold and that proverbial um insight and wisdom on the other side of major thunder thought thunderstorms that are happening in our mind if we just hold on um and that was really tough for me because i you know as a little kid i was really shy um very shy my best friend was my was was snoopy when i was a little kid and and um my grandfather and um i had this whole world inside my head that i was scared to share it with him you know very creative i love i'm a creative writer i love writing and I love your writing, by the way, on your, on your what you're doing. I love your books. But anyway, so for me, that was, I was just afraid of Sam. Yeah. Not like in a bad way, just afraid of yeah. sharing Sam. Yeah. Do you think that's because early on you sensed that it was different or like, like, yeah, early on, yeah. what would make that scary, do you think? Or is it feedback that you got from people, maybe subtly? or It was feedback from, you know, I had some wonderful teachers, um, but I also had some teachers that were really punitive with me. Um, that were innocently, that's just what they knew. I didn't, it wasn't like they were bad people. Um, and then in high school, it was a real confusing, it was very confusing for me um, academically because my strengths were in writing and in history, you know, I was in advanced placement courses and, and stuff, but mathematics and reading comprehension, that, that stuff was such a, 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 um, a sore point for me. It was really my thorn in my side and they would segregate kids. So I would have to go to a special building, you know, it was like slow learning development building. And here I am, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, I have friends and they don't know that I'm, I'm, I'm like literally like trying to hide from, you know, I'm, I'm sneaking away to the other building for it fourth period, like after lunch and everyone else is in the regular building, but I'm in this special building for math courses or, oh my God. I mean, it, it was chemistry. Like I did terrible in chemistry I and mean, thank God I'm not a chemist, <laughs> but, but that was, um, really painful for me. I started getting really scared of like, oh my God, my brain's broken. And here I'm in this special building. Yeah. You know, the short bus metaphor, I wasn't on the, you know, like they would use that. I remember if, if someone saw me walking in the building and I remember someone saying, oh, Sam, you must, do you, are you on the short, you know, remember the short bus when we were kids? It's, it was horrible. Um, and I remember it just being teased here and there for like having to sneak, you know, into this building, which is so silly. And then I started getting really scared of, of my, my mind of, of, of Sam, like, oh my God, like, why is this, why am I not included with everybody, all the other kids? Like, so I think so, that was really the start of it yeah. as a teenager. Yeah. And then what did you do um, after high school? Like, did you kind of find your way into a groove that was like just using your strengths naturally or how did that go? Yeah. It, you know, I, it's interesting. I, I noticed in college, like I noticed the quiet a lot, you know, um, Maybe that's why I love tennis because it's very individual. Like you know, you have you're having it's your own, it's your own game with yourself competing with someone else's game with themselves, and you're hitting the ball across the net. But um, yeah, um, I just noticed quiet spaces of quiet here and there. And when I would drop out of my thinking, when I would just get quiet, like I would go um, for long walks, I would go um, surfing, I would go swimming by myself, or I would just read in, in the library in the fifth floor. Nobody around. I, I just noticed like there's something, there's something more than the machinery, than the noise, than, than my concept, the concept I had of myself and of others. Um, I always was really strong in psychology and write, again, writing and, and um, expressing myself sometimes too much and overexpressing sometimes too much. But I noticed that you know, people would start coming to me and asking me for advice. I felt empathy for people. You know, um, I incidentally, I recently did a video on um, it's made up. We know that, but it's rejection sensitive dysphoria, which is, it seems like the whole the rage these days, which it doesn't really mean much, uh, but 
one of the, the positive aspects of that, which I noted, but I first kind of picked up in college when I was able to like, you know, have more autonomy in my own time to write papers and to, to do, to excel in academics was that one of the side effects of it is empathy and also being, um, being able to really listen to people and kind of feel them out you know, in terms of like, is this person, do I want to sh share my life? You know, like, especially in, in some relationships, but that's one of the gifts of it. I, I, I kind of discovered, like, I have this gift of, of really being present with people. Cause I didn't ask these people, you know, I was, I was hiding in the library. I didn't want people to, you know, I was kind of an introvert extrovert. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, and I, I fell in love with abnormal psychology, even though, I felt really insecure in studying psychology yeah. because of the subject matter. I'm like, you know, we'd all check off, but that's me. <laughs> I'm not schizoaffective, but I'm, I'm not bipolar, but maybe I'm, you know what I mean? Like pathologizing ourselves. Um, I think that's like every psych student though. You like, we secretly <laughs> yeah. are really just into it to kind of figure ourselves and the world out and stuff. Yeah. Well, my, also, you know, my, my family's, we're a mental health family. <laughs> my father's a psychiatrist, so I'm, I'm relatively normal for being a son of a psychiatrist, and my mother's also in, in the field. So you had that playing along, too. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. But, um, I, you know, I had wonderful parents. I have wonderful parents that have been very supportive, thank God. Um, and I have a wonderful partner that's very supportive. Um, because, you know, with a mind that works differently, you have certain quirks. <laughs> um, but it also adds to, to a lot of frustration, but also a lot of laughter. Yeah. I mean, just even to come to a place that where we feel like we're broken, coming from a place where you feel like you're broken and you're afraid of your mind, which I think so many people can relate to that yeah. in any yeah. way. You know, again, whether it's because they have a habit or an addiction that they're afraid to feel, it just feels like you're completely taken over or whether they've been in a depression before and any little yeah. food feels like they're back there. Like there's so many ways that we all get so afraid of our minds. So I just think it's really beautiful how you talk about and how it's happened where there's all of that. I'm broken. I'm different. I'm afraid of my mind. And somehow we just kind of find a way. And I, I don't, you know, I think if people are listening and they feel like they haven't found their way, you will. We do. Yeah. We do. And however always. that looks, like we always do. Like you said, you just, you found those little pockets of quiet and then people came to you and it may not look the way that our mind tells us it's going to look. It doesn't always look like you go and right. winning a Nobel Prize or being an Olympian or whatever we think finding our way is like, oh my gosh, my all my heavy stuff turned into like a billion dollars in fame and fortune. No, but but in all these little subtle, amazing little miracle ways, we find our way. And that's kind of what I hear in your story, how things came together. Yeah, and I don't know how I found it. You yeah. know, it's like, it's almost like, I've, you know, I did a, a Thriving with Driving Anxiety a webinar with uh, Lily Sace, who's a lovely, wonderful coach. And, and people are like, so I said, you know, you can trust that you'll just know what to do. And that's not, you can't concept that to death. You just know, like... Maybe you need to pull over on the side of the road if, if you're having a panic attack, or maybe you just, you can just hold on and, and let it move through you. Like there's no wrong way. And it's just when it came to me becoming friends with Sam, <laughs> yeah. becoming loving Sam um, in a very normal, you know, messy way, like, it, you know, we all do sometimes um, was part of that, like just trusting that I'll know what to do at any moment, any of my, my life. Um, you know, I also, you know, part of having a, a mind like mine that is very sensitive and works differently. I suffered with, you know, the quote unquote diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder. I mean, I, I've been throwing so many diagnoses labels at me. I mean, I wish there was like, you know, a union I get paid, you know, like I can pay, I don't know. Like I'm a card sharing member of multiple diagnoses, which they're all doesn't matter. Be you know I can be diagnosed as a ham sandwich. It means nothing because um, I, I just kind of look at it as busy mind, neutral mind, busy mind, neutral mind, and that's like the Cliff Notes version of how we work. Um, so like that was big for me because again, until you know I was really introduced to this understanding and putting it into use, and 
even though I had, we all have glimpses of what we're pointing to with this. Um, it, it, it was really, really uncomfortable carrying around those labels, even though, you know, if I'm, I'm a man, Sam should be, you know, deal with it, you know, put on, you know, roll up your sleeves and just deal with it. You know, it's life. Life's not fair. It is what it is kind of mentality that I was kind of raised with, even though I had loving parents, they were like, you know what? That doesn't mean that you can't function in life because you have these diagnoses. Yeah. Yeah. Say a little more about what you just said, where, how it looks like busy mind, neutral mind now. Like, how is that, even that just become sort of something that it's like, oh, mind is very busy. Oh, mind is less busy. How is it that, how does that look to you? Does it still look like a good or bad, better or worse? Or does it look less so like that? It, it, you know, it vacillates. Um, I, like, a couple of days ago, I was really just caught up and really, uh, just really anxious and I almost took the bait and was actually, you know, because it's like my brain was just trying to, you know, it was fishing for me to take the bait and like believe the story was was being played. You know, it's it's the disaster movie that was being played about what I was thinking about um, at the time, then the physiological experience. But then I could just have free floating anxiety just moving through me. And I'm like, OK, I'm uncomfortable right now, but I'm, you know. Like right now, I'm a little a little nervous talking to to Dr. Amy, but that's okay. Like I'm still talking to you, yeah. You know, yeah. um, and it's and and what that does when you can see it that way, it's just so authentic, and it also gets us really present when you can see like the difference between not having a lot on your mind or not having a lot of gobbledygook, not having a lot of th- thunderstorms going on, or or having clear skies and and sunny temperature 75 degrees you know southern california um typical southern california day so like it it's the feeling that's attached to the, the anxiety or the overwhelm or I'm ha- if all of a sudden i wake up and have all these um you know intrusive thoughts like that was big for me too like they were really loud and they were really um, uncomfortable <laughs> um and really bizarre like I, I would, you know, you can really see how unreal they are because how bizarre they are. It's like, I realize that I don't need to be worried about it. I don't need to worry about them, even though they're uncomfortable. And sometimes they're really uncomfortable that I just need to like take a nap or like <laughs> just sit in my car for five minutes. Um. But I think we all deal with that in some ways. I mean, I think it's just part of the of our psychology and our machinery. I think what you said is so huge about um, it's not like it's not like okay, busy mind, neutral mind. One is good, one is bad. There's that giant area in between where a mind's doing whatever it's doing. Maybe it's busy, maybe it's neutral, maybe it's blasting you with intrusive thoughts, repeating the same horrible things over and over again. But it feels like bigger than that, you really kind of get this sense that like, okay, it can come along for the ride. And sometimes coming along for the ride is just like what we're doing now. It's sort of there in the background, we're talking, nobody knows. Other times come along for the ride means you sit or like, like in your driving example, you feel like you're having a panic attack on the highway while well, you pull over. Okay, who cares? So what? So you pulled over on the highway. Yeah. Not, it's not a failure. Like that's how we cope sometimes. Sometimes it means you cancel something. And I think, you know, and I, I think it's easy to kind of get in. Again, we still have this idea of, oh, here's, here's what normal is and here's how my life should go. And if I don't, if I'm okay with anxiety, I should go to everything I'm invited to and never cancel and never pull over on the highway. Well, who made up those rules? A busy mind, <laughs> you know? <laughs> sometimes it's there and it's totally. no And sometimes it's telling you, no, stop and go to bed. Yeah. And, and that's our minds it. make up, so, it's so, I love that you said it because our minds make up so many arbitrary rules. Like, oh my God, you know, it's like, it's like you look at the like the driving handbook, sort of, you know, from wherever you live, the, you know, driving codes, what you can and can't do, you know, come to a full stop. Like our mind makes up so many nonsensical, arbitrary rules. I would be scared. I remember pulling over on the side of the road. I, I was, it's like, I'm like, my brain was like saying, all the drivers are looking at you 
I think, you know, like, how do you be embarrassed, like, to be pulled over? Like, like I felt embarrassed, like, right. everyone else is driving, and I'm stuck on this. Or, or like, um, that someone's going to just, like, scream at me, like, because I'm pulled over the side of the road. And they think my car is not good enough. I don't know. Again, nonsensical. Yeah. Um, and And I'm not saying that I don't have, like, that experience. But once I stop judging it as good or bad and just have the experience, yes, it's uncomfortable sometimes, sometimes excruciatingly uncomfortable. But that's what's going on right now, right? That's what's going on right now. It's like, um, I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. And um, and I've tried all kinds of medication to stop what's going on right now. But that's, that's not... That's not way it's that's what that's not way it's supposed to happen for Sam. Maybe for other people, it's different. Again, as you always say, you know, try this on for size for yourself and see what what lands. I don't know. So, so with the intrusive thoughts for you, um, did did it feel like you just kind of have continued to have insights over the years of like, okay, this is thought versus being in the story of the thought, or like, how has that shifted? Well, I think just learning kind of, I remember like I, I, um, the first time I like my heart was broken, like that is really tough for someone with my brain because, because of how visceral and how sensitive it's hard for a lot of everybody, but it's, it's, it's technicolor. (laughs) I don't know. That's a great way to describe it. It's like, you're in an IMAX movie of heartbreak, right? Mm -hmm. It's like. Dolby Digital Surround Sound, it's coming at you and you're experiencing it all at once. Um, but then when I got some distance from it, like I kind of saw like I can be uncomfortable with it and yeah, it sucks. And I can find a support around me that can, you know, be there with me and just hold space for me. But the IMAX movie is the IMAX movie playing right now. That's what's being shown you know, in my, in my local neural cin- cinema synapsing right now. Um, and it also, you know, it just taught me kind of like, I can get perspective. I can get uh, common sense about it comes in so many different ways. Um, I remember like part of like how my mind works. I remember like when I had a terrible breakup, I would avoid the shopping centers where we would walk around. Avoid, 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 avoid. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's taking the bait and listening to this to the auto tragic story playing played in real time. And then one day I'm like, I really want a Jamba Juice because <laughs> it's like my back back in the day. This is like 20 years ago. Like I, I, I like I just want a Jamba Juice, <laughs> and like I didn't like I didn't have the auto tragic thinking on board the the mainframe computer in my head, and I just got a Jamba Juice. And I'm like, wait a second, I'm in the shopping center that I avoided for like a year and a half. So that's not how you, and it it comes out in the silliest ways. Like you just see like that, like I'm enjoying a Jamba Juice right now. It's pretty great. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at the place where my my ex would would be sitting or whatever, but I'm like, I'm still having, enjoying this Jamba Juice moment. I don't know. And, you know, I I think that, like, the point that that we know what to do when we're just, and in every moment, we just know what to do, however that shows shows up. I knew what to do then, have a Jamba Juice. (laughs) Jamba Juice moment wasn't a fear and loathing, um, you know, depressing grief moment. That's another another, um, thought storm. This is just a happy moment, right? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that thought started to show up later. It probably did. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of like looking at everything now. They're all Jamba Juice moments. Like, yeah, it yeah. just happens when it's time to happen, and and that's what I love. Like, I'm feeling this, and what you're sharing is, you know, well, what are you gonna do? Like, that's my mind frame on it. But it's yeah. kind of like, well, what are you gonna do? 
What are you going to do? You're going to do what makes sense at every moment. We have intrusive thoughts or you're nervous on the highway or you had a breakup. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to feel what arises just like every human on earth. You're going to feel it really bad or you're going to feel it kind of bad or you're not going to feel it some days. And then life just keeps moving us forward. And then one one day you don't think about it. And, you know, it's just, it's fascinating to see how it's always kind of working like that for all of us. And then we all have our own learning curve when it comes to kind of just letting life live. Yeah. But, you know, also, Amy, I think what is really powerful is having a partner or someone in your life that they, that sees like they can laugh with you and cry with you. And I'm blessed to have that. Um, Thankfully, um, you know, it's, as I remember, I went to this Michael Neal, Nita Morjani seminar about weekend a couple of years ago. And she'd said that, you know, you find your tribe. So when, when you, when you're just doing what you, when you're not thinking so much or doing something and you're just doing what comes up, this is what I'm doing right now. You end up finding your tribe, you end up stumbling into your future partner. You end up meeting your future employer. I, it, it's like, that's really powerful and also really like it's, it's really calming to think that, but then we forget again and we're back up in the, right. in the Netflix movie. I mean, the beautiful <laughs> thing about the tribe too is, is like, it's so helpful to be with one other person or other people have them in yeah. your own because you're in your own head so much less than I've thought yeah. that so many times. Like, like, you know, your partner reacts to something differently than you would. And, and that just reminds you, oh yeah, there's infinite reactions possible here. It's not my, it's like the way I'm reacting is not the truth of things. This is just the way my mind saw it. And that's the way their mind saw it. And it's, it's just, again, it doesn't have to be a relationship. I mean, listening to podcasts, like, you know, just following people that, that you relate to in some way, it helps you kind of see, oh yeah, we're all just doing this the same way. So stuff's showing up, it's looking real, and then it changes. Yep. And that's what and that's the other thing that I saw too. I love that you mentioned that because um once you see how variable it is, thought thinking it like it's so random and variable. It's like, how can you trust that? Like yeah. and sometimes it's you have I always say t- I always say um, to my clients and also in my podcast that, you know, we have like the Dalai Lama, Vladimir Putin, Chiang Kai-shek, and, um, you know, all these different voices in our head. Some of them are awful and, and horrible. And some of them are, you know, Stephen King up here, up here too. And then we have like Miss Mr. Rogers up here. Yeah. We have all different, you know, all different voices coming at us sometimes. And for someone like me that has a sensitive mind, it's, it's very loud. And I don't speak Russian, so Putin doesn't, but you know, his, <laughs> but um, it's really fascinating to, to just to play the game of putting a white lab coat on because um, there's so much to see and I have so much more to see. Oh my God. We all have so much more to see with this. I mean, I, I wish that it didn't feel so uncomfortable sometimes. But that's just what's going on right now. I mean, that's same as it ever was. It's like the talking head song, same as it ever was. But um, once you get on the other side of, of, you know, the discomfort, because again, I'm not saying that my discomfort's better than your, it's louder than your discomfort. It's not a competition, but for a mind, a neurodiverse mind or a mind that has a very sensitive, um, you know, uh, the neurons are firing a certain way and just very sensitive receptors, I guess, um, that it can be really, really uncomfortable. But again, going back to that's what's going on right now. Um, and that's been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned having your mind not be the enemy, like, like, and not, like not even competing with it anyway, in in any way, you know? Like, wait, I need to master this or I need even, even, you know, I need, I need to see what's going on here, which is kind of like the spiritual way of saying, it. <laughs> no, we really yeah. don't need to see, like, it's great if you see what's going on and you have that sense, but you know what? We're, we all don't a lot of the time. And yeah. that's okay too. It still comes up, we suffer and then it passes, you know, I mean, for, so 
I don't know. I guess there's something in that, yes, about like I can hear and how you're sharing it kind of maybe started off with like, wow, what's going on and how do I master it? How do I work with it? And it feels like from what you're saying, it's almost been this path of just like, okay, well, just it just is. It just, it just is. So much peace in that. And that was, you know, again, we all see those glimpses, but that's wisdom chiming in. Um, yeah, for, for a while, anxiety was my 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 enemy. <laughs> it was, um, and uh, and intrusive thoughts was my enemy. I mean, I used to, and also like weird weird ass behavior, you know, weird ass thinking, um, idiosyncratic thinking. I don't, I don't even know what's that, but it's like I, I remember like, and again, diagnosis doesn't mean anything to me, but like I would count steps walking, and I'm like, do other people do this? Now I know that, yes, other people do this. Now I look at it as if I'm going to count steps, I might as well juggle with it. I don't know, you know, <laughs> have fun with it because it's, the mind is just so silly. Like it loves us, as you always say, you know, but <laughs> it's mind is special. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so much like what I've seen around some of that quirky stuff is um, it's just like looking for comfort. You know, like, like, yeah. like, my, like, like yours might count steps at one time. Mine love to count calories or extra, you know, it loves to quantify things to kind of just calm itself. And for me, that was so helpful in saying, oh, look at how it wants to track all these details or it wants to rehash the plans. What's the plan? What's the plan? Like, so it's in I mean, everybody's minds a little bit different, but also exactly the same. But it, for yeah. me, it just has been so cool to see. Oh, look at it. it! Just thinks it's comforting me right now. We're comforting. Yes, it's hard, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, it's so cute. Yeah, it, you know the mind. The mind wants you know the mind just wants to keep itself alive, and it doesn't know better. Like it really doesn't. It just wants to. It thinks like I mean the mind's the most superstitious piece of machinery in the history of machinery. Think about that for a second. I mean. Superstition is, is it's fun, but it doesn't really mean anything. You know, we can track it over the centuries. People call different cultures superstitions and and um, and you know um, rituals. You know, I'm, I'm Hungarian, Romanian, and Ukrainian, so we wear garlic. You know, the word of evil. No, I'm kidding. Evil spirits, but I mean, like once you see, like, the brain is just just wants to stay alive, and it just doesn't know better um, sometimes. I mean, sometimes that's, I mean, maybe that's not helpful for, for some of us um, that are going when we're really in the thick of it. But, you know, I, I kind of look at it as, do you remember the, that movie? Was it a never ending story? We were kids. Yeah. We're about around the same age. Um, the swamp of sadness. Remember when they get, they get stuck in the swamp of sadness, but they trud, they get through it. Right. They're like, I forgot the name of the main character, whatever his name was, you know, they had the dragon and the, and he's like, he's like, I'm not going to get through this. I'm not going to get through this. I'm going to die here. Right. And he gets through it. Yeah. And he didn't die. It's a great metaphor for like, yeah. for any mind. Um, like you're going to get through it. Yeah, it is. So, so I'm curious, what do you do? This is already a horrible question because I'm asking, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> but like, what do you do when, and I'm curious about this for anyone, not just yeah. someone with a mind that works like yours, but what do you do when you're just, you cannot focus or you're super distracted or you're feeling really sensitive? Is there something that, that you've come to see, like, like in general, of course, in general, is that sort of like a, okay, this not time, it's not time to do this right now. Or is it more like, okay, this feeling can be here and I can still do it or yeah. kind of a mishmash well, and all that? And that's a great question because it really depends on sit situationally, you know. Yeah. Um, if, I'm, if I'm distracted and, you know, I have to talk to a client, I'll, I'll just be honest with the client and say, hey, you know, just give me another minute. Um, I just got a lot going on in my head right now. Or I'll just be like, you know, I just need a minute or two. I'm just doing some, something else right now. And just like take a step back. It also, depending on the situation, just knowing I'm distracted gets me present. Mm, yes, I love that. Right? Because it's what is that? What's going on at that moment? Well, you just got a lot of 
you got an algorithm, you got a thought algorithm, distraction thought algorithm being, you know, inserted into the hard drive. I didn't insert it. Some, the ghost in the machine, like the police song, inserted that, that, that algorithm into my head. And there it goes, the ball, you know, like, you know, mind wandering. And it's funny because um, a dear friend of mine who's a psychologist at UCSB and psychology department, he thrives off of mind wandering. He thrives off of, of like, he sees things in his mind wandering. He wrote a book on it. Um, and so, yeah, maybe it's not a bad thing, but, you know, when it comes to, like, when you need to get a task done, you'll know what to do and know what action to take. Like if you trust the design of our system that either it pivots you to presence, it's my favorite phrase right now, pivot, pivot to presence, I want to make t-shirts or take a step back and like walk around the block. Um, you don't have to force it. Um, in school, that was really tough for me because, you know, especially in high school, you know, when you're in, you know, you have to sit in your, you, you know, sit in your seat. You can't get up from your desk. That's when I got, that's when I wasn't able to like, you, I felt like, no, that's made up to, right. That I couldn't like have any agency over being distracted. Cause that's not true. It's made up. Um, but now as an adult, it's great because one of two things, pivot the presence or just like pump the brakes a little bit until something, until I just settle. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, it's interesting when it comes to like mood and mood regulation. And that's been a big thing for me too. Right? Like, like I would sometimes wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Like we all do mm -hmm. again, depends on the situation. Either I can pivot the presence because I know I'm just like the hard drive is just, really busy right now with a lot of thought or if i can't if, i mean if, if i if i if i can i have i have the time to stay take a step back then i can take a step back yeah. so um you know the the intrusive thoughts part um you know again growing up it was hard to language it because i thought i was an alien from outer space like i'm the only one that's got intrusive thoughts and no one told me about any of this stuff like yeah. um it's one of the benefits, one of the, you know, the positives of social media is having, you know, you can access and learn about this stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's really just, again, putting on that white lab coat. I know I've repeated myself multiple times with white lab coat, white lab coat, pivot the presence or take a walk around the block and just back off, back off the thinking. Cause it's like, if you think about like a, when a car was before cars were all electronic and so you had a car with like a carburetor you know if the engine's flooded you're not going to be able to go anywhere right you got to adjust the choke or, or let the lean the fuel out a little bit especially with old lawnmowers i don't know if you you know when when the engines the engines flooded in a lawnmower it's not going to start so what do you do you just know what to do oh i need to turn this thing and turn that thing we all know what to do we do. We really do. Even though it doesn't feel like that sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes I just want to like hide under the covers and say, help me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's something so cool. in um, what you said, like even just seeing what's happening, like, Oh, I'm really distracted right now. How yeah. do you think that kind of instantly almost puts you back in presence because it's like, you just see what's going on. It doesn't, it doesn't even have to change it. And that's the beauty. That's kind of like what you said earlier about it. there can be anxiety here, there could be stuff here, and it's just coming along for the ride. There's something about just seeing, oh, okay, right now it's a slog, or right now I cannot focus. And, and the more we know, oh, because that's just because my machine's running hot, it's my mind's yeah. racing right now. Well, yeah. we, you, we all have so much experience knowing how that goes. It doesn't mean you're not frustrated and you're not like, don't feel under pressure and you don't wish you could get the thing done right now, but none of that really matters either. Those are nice preferences, but life doesn't care. <laughs> like it does not care. It's going to run high right. and then it's going to settle down every yeah. single time. I mean, totally. I mean, it's, I love that, you know, it's, it's once I trust, I started trusting myself more. Um, now, again, I do get caught up and it can be a terrible time sometimes, you know, and that's where you have other fellow humans like my partner that, that sees me and, and is 
has empathy for me and compassion for me. We all need that. I mean, you know, we all don't live in, in individual vacuums, you know, um, because our virtual reality simulator can be really real. I mean, as my, my coach Angus always says, you know, take off the Oculus glasses, you know, take, just take them off. So I don't know how. So yeah, you do. He's like, yeah, you do. Come on. <laughs> and we all do. It's just, it's, it's, it's like, I remember, you know, when we were a little kid jumping off the, the diving board in the deep end for the first time. I avoided that for a long time, but then we did it, right? We jumped into the deep end. Um, the same thing with this stuff. Um, you know, my experience is different. And I always say, you know, listen, you, you have your own wisdom and your own way of finding your wisdom in your own way. There is no wrong way. As you, you say, there is no wrong way to, you know, all roads lead to Rome, but um, I'm not going to get on the 405 and 5 o'clock p.m. Right. In the middle of rush hour, I'm going to probably take, you know, side roads. Right. Um, and again, sometimes I forget I get on the 405 and hopefully I got like my Spotify playlist on. Yeah. <laughs> Along it's, that's, that's its own special treat. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, we have an instruction manual built into us. We were never shown where to, you know, we were never like shown like what the point, where it, where it is. But we do, we do kind of like see it all the time, but we don't, sometimes we, we kind of just like don't trust the instruction manual. And it kind of doesn't matter what we trust or what we see. Like it's, no. it's leading us either way. That's what I think is so cool. And like, like even, you know, we're going to know what to do. It's just going to be done. Like, like you're pulling over on this side of the highway example. It's it's not even like we have to think, hmm, okay, I'm feeling anxious. I should pull over. Like you just find yourself doing it. That's yeah. so awesome. Is that we're just lived in that way. Yeah. You can see it or not. And you know, it's interesting. I, I love that you mentioned that because it goes back to um, you know, when I was when Lily and I were putting together the webinar, you know, I said to her, I said, you know, sometimes I really have anxiety driving that I might, you know, not get on the freeway. I might take an alternative route. And I remember she said to me, she's like, well, that's your wisdom telling you to take the alternative route. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's what just, you know, what, what's going on right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just what's going on right now. And and it's like, you know, we had a couple of um, participants say, you know, what if I can never drive on the freeway again? And I said, well, that's what's going on right now then at that moment too. But then you might, again, want a Jamba Juice and you're scared of the mm-hmm. shopping center and you drive to the, you know, yeah. again, it's like, we discredit our wisdom because it just, we don't see it as wisdom because it's like our mind is like, doesn't really understand it because it's so caught up in the noise. And and there's that disconnect, right? Between, you know, the mind doesn't, the mind, you know, brain, not mind, because mind can be used differently in, in, in our, in, in three principles parlance, but the brain doesn't know what wisdom is. Like it just, it just doesn't. Like it, it, it will never know no. um, the brain, the machine. No. Um, it just knows concepts and figuring stuff out and drawing diagrams and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about your book. Um, oh, yeah. I know you have a book coming out. And I also love, I know we mentioned this up front. I really love your, the videos that you make and the things you oh, share. Thank you. How they have like, like the special effects that kind of help people see. Yeah, that's what it's <laughs> in my head right now. I, yeah. I just love that we're living in a time where we can do stuff like that. And that, yeah. like you are doing that, like you said, it, it's, I feel like there's so many kids, young people, old people, people our age feeling, well, so, feeling alone. Yeah. They just open, you know, social media. They're going to see, holy crap. Like I'm not the only one. And that's totally. Well, as a Gen Xer, I didn't think I was able, was even capable of doing going to the degree of creating those videos. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I didn't. I just started doing. It. I'm like, oh, okay, this is how you, this is what this is how you do it at this moment. So, um, the book's called Beyond ADHD. Uh, it should be coming out in the spring, and it kind of shares a story from my experience about my journey with discovering, you know, becoming friends with Sam with the labels and you know the all the dogma and story around Sam's 
learning disabilities and ADHD and, and, and kind of really it's a love letter to, to the self, like, um, and also a love letter to the intelligence behind life. That's constantly guiding us along this river of life. Right. That, that insight and wisdom is right there. Um, and sometimes it feels sucky, but when it feels sucky on the other side of that swap of sadness is, you know, the pot of gold. Um, so the book is, is really kind of pointing in the direction of, of seeing beyond the noise. Um, and essentially, um, it's, it's a love letter to anyone that is really not trusting themselves. Because that's what was for me, and I mentioned this before, it's like I became friends with Sam. The book is about becoming friends with your neurodiverse, silly, awkward, messy self. Again, you know. Um, and that's all I wanted to share because it's it's important. You know, once people start becoming friends with their their quirks and features and, and the whole the whole their whole the whole enchilada, it's it, life becomes just so much more enjoyable. And we spend less time in the noise, believe it or not. Yeah. And You're then resisting like, it or running from it or fighting it. You're friends yeah. with it. And it's like yeah, I love that. It moves so much faster. So much faster. Yeah. And it should be out. The book should be out in spring, hopefully. It's been a long journey. You know, being you're a four-time, three-time author. Yeah. So you know that, that yeah. how much fun it is. It's exciting, though. It's awesome. I can't wait to read it. I mean, and it's, again, it's one of those things that's like so... I'm sure people, anybody is going to be able to, because we're all trying to make friends with our minds. So I know there's going to be a very captive audience for people who are struggling in similar ways to you. But I love how at the same time, there's like the small circle, which is people who can really, really relate because they've been there for similar ways. And then there are always these bigger circles because what we're pointing to is universal. So I, yeah, I think it's going to be, it sounds amazing. I can't wait to read it. Thank you. Definitely going to get a copy for sure. Yes, I hope so. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sam. Oh, it's an honor. And um, thank you for having me. And, and again, I love your podcast. I love your work. And just keep seeing more. Yeah, awesome. And I'll share all your information. So people listening, if you guys want to check out Sam and uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. I'll put all the links there. Thank you. If you benefit from Changeable, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a quick review on iTunes. Listener reviews go a very long way in attracting brand new listeners to this new way of seeing things. And they also show me that you're enjoying the show, which goes a long way in encouraging me to keep recording. Thank you so much for listening, reviewing, and sharing this show with others.